Welcome to Hands at the Table with your hosts, Bori Shurani and Jeff Bramhall. We believe that massage therapists can create meaningful, fulfilling practices by identifying the limiting beliefs that we hold. We also believe massage therapists can be a key part of patient care, and we're here to begin to bridge the gap between LMTs and other health and wellness professionals. We're happy you're joining us on this journey. All right, welcome back to Hands at the Table with Lori and Jeff. Today, we're going to talk about what a session with us is like. Uh, we're going to go through this one in, a, uh, in almost a case study format. So how does someone present to us? What do we do when they come in? How do we plan out the session? Uh, and you know, just the, the practical implement, implementation of the techniques that we talked about in the last episode. So, um, Bori, tell me a story yes. about someone that you work with. <laughs> um, okay, so let's start with... For example, like shoulder pain, um, that's kind of common, relatively very common. So for example, like if somebody comes in with shoulder pain uh, to my office, then I usually ask them a lot of questions on the phone if they had some kind of injury to it recently. Like for my first question is like, do they need to see a medical practitioner first? So there were cases when I told them, I was like, this is a lot of things happening in your shoulder you have a lot of like neurological issues or anything like that I want you to like go see a doctor first and then rule everything out I don't really work on broken bones I don't want to so let's check that off the list first and um, generally after that I like if somebody comes in with an acute issue that they have I start with the local problem that they have since that's why they came to see me and later on in the big picture, I would definitely dig into like, why did that injury happen or why, where else in the body does it show up? So it's kind of like a zoom in and out play. But first, I would like to take care of what they have at this certain moment. So for those things, I Actually, use... I want to pause, I want to pause mm -hmm. really quickly there okay. because I think that's a, just because that's, I think that's a really, a really useful point to highlight. The first thing, like, when someone comes to you with their if they're with their with their shoulder in pain, the first thing that you should probably do is is actually address that. And I mm -hmm. see there's a skew. I see a skew, in, at least in you know, at least in the world of like therapists talking to therapists on the internet of like of like, well, if someone says they have shoulder pain, they actually have. It's probably a breathing issue. And I think we both can agree mm -hmm. that probably that's actually mm -hmm. that's you know that's probably the root of it. But at the same time, you don't like the last thing as a massage therapist that we want to do when someone comes into the comes into our office is say is the first thing you say to them is that they're wrong. Like or like, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, well, you feel this in your shoulder, but I'm much smarter than you. And I know that it's your diaphragm that makes your shoulder. <laughs> like that's a real dick move. And uh, don't yeah. do that. And I think like the yes, that is very correct. And I think like the the biggest complaint that therapists get is that they didn't address the issue that was at hand. And if I walk in somewhere and I order a burger, I don't want to get a salad. Like I want that burger. I know what I came here for. That's what I want you to address. Like that's what I want. So yes, later on, once you have the trust and once you've taken care of that issue, you can of course like zoom out. 
but yeah definitely for me the first things first it's like if that's where they have pain then there's nothing i can say that will change that without actually working on it so yes local first definitely and um you're dealing with another human being who requested something so you might as well you know work with that first so yeah on that level usually i zoom really in and then basically going from uh the superficial tissues like look at like for my assessment same thing like i assess soft tissues i assess muscle tissue ligaments joints and then kind of like first round i want to figure out where the issue is like where the problem is is it a muscle that we're dealing with is it the joint itself is it a joint capsule is it a ligament is it a tendon like what is what is the real problem here and then that's where like orthopedic techniques come in really handy because every massage therapist is generally well equipped to deal with uh, muscle tissue some therapists are really good with like tendon and ligament uh, problems too and then the orthopedic techniques which are basically joint mobilizations and very specific techniques to gear towards um, the musculotendinous junction and the tendon health um, i join mobilization techniques that you can use to check on the, the health of the joint itself and then really just work in that joint space a little bit so that's very helpful um, and you can do joint mobilization you know of course on any kind of joints you just need to know the technique and you need to know uh, the physiology and the movement the kinematics of the joint so you can definitely work with that and i use that a lot because a lot of people even if they don't express it sometimes that joint feels a lot different for them than to me so i like to check on the joint because then it gives me like a clearer picture of like how every surrounding tissue feels around that like the same nerve will innervate the joint and the muscle tissue and the skin around it so i need to work that whole unit together and i probably need to address all of those layers and make sure that everything around there clicks fine and works fine. So if you have um, someone that comes in, so going back to your example of the, mm -hmm. the person with the person that's got kind of like a general, a general shoulder pain, what does that, what does that mean? What, what, what will you have them do? What will you do with them before they're, before you're kind of into the work? So I generally would do, uh, if they don't know what is it from and they haven't been to a doctor yet, but it doesn't seem like it's something that needs to be referred out, then I run through my orthopedic test, which is the same test that a PT or an MD would do to them. Um, you can literally learn these tests by yourself. It's not, again, you there's books, like basically I bought like the physical therapist uh, study book or that they study from. And then you just go through the, those assessments. So you check rotator cuff muscles, like impingement test, and then um, um, the Epley scratch test, like anything that you can do, the empty can, the near impingement test, like you can do those tests for yourself. Plus you can do uh, just muscle testing. So you can get the arm in different position to uh, test different muscle tissue. Um, it's kind of like for me like i don't like to take or like i don't like to um give too much weight to muscle testing sometimes because i know that regardless what what muscle lights up mainly 
I will need to work on every surrounding tissue at one point or time anyway. So it just basically guides me to where to start. Somebody like lights up for an external rotator muscle test, then I know that that will be something that I definitely need to address. But I will check internal rotators. I will check the pectoralis. I will check the deltoid, the lats, like everything around the shoulder joint because I don't know where that external rotation problem coming from. I don't know if it's like an overuse injury because it's already the compensation or is it the injury is actually there or is it like a third layer of compensation? Like, I don't really know why is that, is that tissue is um, some kind of inflammation? Um, but that's where I would start and I would check that tissue health first and see if that's the main issue and definitely go backwards from there. Is that, does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. this is all like quick work too, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 And then honestly, like, I think like the more you do it, the more you kind of, you look at it and they tell you what happened and you know, you're going to have to address all of the tissues. So a lot of my assessments, unless I really want to make sure that they're not a medical case, um, actually happens on the table already. So I walked, I watched them walking in, I watched them sitting down, how they untie their shoes, how they move, how they talk, how they describe the whole uh, injury. If they, if they have like a, any kind of like incident or fall or anything like that, I watch all that. I think about what's the mechanism of the injury, what really happened with the tissues, like what are the actual physics of the injury what are the things I make a list in my head? Like, what are the things that these are the things that could be injured? These are the things that could be involved. And then I generally just like do a lot of my assessment on the table. Like I actually put my hand on a tissue and I'm like, yeah, okay, this feels a little harder than it should be compared to the other side or compared to other muscle tissue that they have around it. This feels a little bit swollen, red, um, harder, not, not hard enough. Like it's just, kind of like go from there basically um yeah and then so like once i'm run, run through the assessment and then kind of like got them on the table um got the orthopedic tests and assessments got the muscle testing done um really like figured out what's going on then going on to the hands-on those are kind of like the different tools that anybody can use i use um um general like i'm not really super fancy with my massage techniques itself um i know that i have a really good knowledge about how to get to certain muscles like so i think that's one of the most important thing that i learned with sports massage is to how to get to every single muscle that you can think of because sometimes like that doesn't really go through in a massage therapy school because they just don't have time for it uh, but the neurosomatic educators and then the sports massage classes I've taken, those were really good at like teaching technique also. It's like, how do you get to a deep neck, neck flexor? How, what, do you, what, what needs to happen before you get to a pec minor? How can you get to a serratus anterior? What, what position the, that client needs to be or what do you have, have to have them do? How to get to a subscapularis, which everybody loves, <laughs> of yeah. course. Yeah, that's the favorite. Um, and then that's where like the technique itself is nothing fancy. Um, I don't, I don't call it trigger point therapy because I don't like trigger point therapy for me, mainly just, I 
think about Iderolf's um, motto is that it is where it ain't. I just really think I was like, just because they tell me it hurts there, that doesn't mean the issue is there. Right. And, and same thing. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I think that's like, I, I think it's the, there, there's something really good about saying like, uh, the, uh, like, you know, the techniques are not fancy, but the, yeah. And I think that's like, I think that that's something that, that I know I've been intimidated by of like, you know, like how, like, oh, there's these like super advanced ways to do different types of body work, but really it's like, it, it's, you only need the fanciest way that is like the fancy way is the way that works. Like all their ways are just what are just there. Yeah. <laughs> and I think like, if you really think about what are you trying to do, like you're trying to kind of like instill change or bring about change or invite change into the tissue. So whatever works for you, like, that's one of the reasons, like, I don't really use tools. Like, I don't use really like a scraping tool, even though I have one, because I can do the same thing with my hands and I kind of like feel it better. Mm -hmm. So some of, sometimes it's just really just put your hands on it and like whatever feels good. Like I always, I heard it in massage school that like the best massage that you give is the one that you want to get. And then that kind of like, oh yeah if my shoulder would hurt like this would feel really good then mm -hmm. that's what you do and it, the technique itself doesn't have to be fancy because there's a very limited things that you're actually achieving like you're trying to bring you know fluid chains and maybe blood flow but how many ways to do that like it doesn't matter like you just really need to get to that tissue somehow yeah. um yeah so same thing with the trigger points like i do feel like that there's like you know you definitely I don't think I'm, I'm I'm not like looking around for trigger points so if I feel something in a tissue and it's not where the trigger point's supposed to be like that doesn't matter like I feel it here you feel it right like I'm just gonna trust my hands and you know push on it and then if it goes away then yay yeah um again I think it's just you really just need to think about what are you trying to do I think the fanciest thing is like, yes, how to get to those tissues, um, what needs to happen. Same thing with myofascial work. I think a lot of times it happens or it, like, it helps. And I do feel like in some cases, myofascial therapies work really good, uh, but it's not, a, it's not a shotgun method where it's good for everything. I, I don't think there's any technique that is, as, you, as we talked about it before, like that solves everybody's every single problem. I don't think that there's such tool or modality or technique that exists. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. There is. A, I, I've yet to find a uh, yet to find a magic bullet in the world of uh, right, world right, of right, right. Yeah, and I think like until we keep looking, it's good. Just keep <laughs> looking, and you're not gonna find it. But keep looking. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think what you said there of like you know the 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 work that we do is a reflection of what we, like the best work that we do is a reflection of what we want. And, you know, for me, like one of the, one of the first things that I'll do in almost all my sessions is, and I do, all of my sessions are fully clothed because I want mm -hmm. people moving around and I want that converse, I want conversation to happen throughout the course of the, throughout the course of the session. Um, Cause I want to know if, mm -hmm. <laughs> I want to know if, if like we're doing something that works or if we're not like to put it, to put yeah. it bluntly. Right. Like I always want to know. Um, but one of the things that I, one of the things that I've, that I, that I've realized that I do is 
I, I, my default is to talk through stuff. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's, if it's a, like I, because what I would want out of my, out of a session that I have with someone mm -hmm. is them to say like, you know, this is what like, Oh, Hey, I found something. What do you feel here? Like, I want to mm -hmm. know what I want. I want to have that conversation. And, and part of what someone's paying for, as far as I'm concerned, what they're paying for is like the change to the, the change to the symptom, the symptom that brought to the, brought me them to me in the first place, but also the, but also a store the story that helps them understand mm -hmm. why that thing, ha why this is, why they're experiencing this. Mm -hmm. and and you know and so i always and so at the beginning of a session i'll tell someone like hey my my kind of default mode is to explain is is to like explain stuff or to like reason through it out loud is that mm -hmm. something that you're in, is that is that something you're interested in at all and mm -hmm. most of my clients the people who the people who are like my people they're like yeah yeah i want to i want to learn this and then we get to go on this cool fun exciting curious journey together yeah. um but it is like, but that, that's one of the places that I, uh, that I always start because when I do a muscle test, I, I, I want to be able to add, you know, whether I'm doing a range of motion test or I'm doing like an activity, like a, you know, and uh, like if I'm checking, you know, if I'm actually like kind of checking an individual, the action of an individual muscle or a group of muscles, like I want to be able to add the dimension of like, you know, what do you feel? Like mm. if I'm press, if, if we're doing like, for instance, if, if like, if I'm trying to figure out what's going on, like you've got knee, like a knee, something going on and it's not like, you know, it's not a tear or anything like that. A lot of people, I work with a lot of people post, uh, post ACL or post meniscus reconstruction. Mm -hmm. And they will come to me because they've graduated from PT. They, uh, their doctor has given them a clean bill of health. Their quads are muscularly like there's nothing there's no there's nothing going on but at the same time but after all that they get to about a quarter squat and they're like and their knee mm -hmm. in their knee wobbles and they feel totally mm -hmm. unstable and so one of the things that we'll do is like you know i, I want to like we're going to do a quad test at some point right i just want to see if like, mm -hmm, this, mm -hmm. i want to check if the strength like it, is it capable of being as strong as it needs to as 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 the other one but we want to mm -hmm. be able i want them to experience like okay, this is, this is your left quad, which is un, unrepaired, and this is your right quad that is repaired. And mm -hmm. I want to know what their subjective experience of that is, as well as like, you know, what else, as well as like, what's my object, what's my objective experience of it? And then what's also my subjective experience for doing mm -hmm. a range of motion test. And I, and like, like, subjectively, your uh, hamstring range of motion test, and it's like, subjectively, your leg that your leg feels heavier than your leg should. Mm. Like I'm going to mm -hmm. make a mental note of that because if yep. that, if that leg afterwards feels really light, that tells me something else, something has changed. Yeah. And like, and if I find an end, if I find an end range, I want to know if the end range that I feel is the end range that you feel. And I want to know mm -hmm. what, like if, if we, if we are experiencing different things, that's a really useful thing to know. Mm -hmm. And, and like, I'm not right. I'm not like my experience of you is not like that's not right. Your experience of you is right, and and if but if but if there's a mismatch there, it's going to be helpful to figure out what's going on. Um, so so that's like that's that's one of the ways that I uh, the, that's one of the ways that I end up approaching it is that like is in that kind of conversational like mm -hmm. helping people kind of puzzle those things together. Yeah.
And I think like that's very important for the success of any kind of therapy is like client engagement. Yes, like they're in their body, you're not in there. Like you don't know how that things feel. And for them, it's a total different experience. So I think that's really great that you guys communicate because you don't know how that's to be in that position from the inside. Like sometimes like, you know, when you do like a range of motion tests and like you feel that, oh, this is very sticky. Like it's just hard to get here. And then you ask them and they're like, no, 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 you can push more. It's just like, it's just, you know, it's just a little bit harder because I have more calves or something, but it's fine for my knee. Like it doesn't bother my knee at all. But you have to know that because if not, then you just go on the assumption that, oh yeah, well, this felt a little bit hard. This is not a lot of range of motion and you start working on it. There's nothing, nothing wrong with it. It's just, you didn't ask. So I think like definitely communication is key for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And, and wrapping that one around, like my, I have a bunch of bone spurs on the back of my, on the back, like in my, in my left knee so that my, mm-hmm. so that the range of motion on my the range of motion on my left knee is limited, but it's not limited mm-hmm. because my, and, and if someone were to work on my quad, they, if someone were to be like, oh, that quad, that quad must be super tight and then work on it without asking me, like, my quad yeah. actually feels amazing and wonderful. Like, there's yeah. actually just like, there's a doorstop between my, like, there's a doorstop in the back of my <laughs> knee. Like, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't go like that. But, and, and that, that goes back to like, I, you know, I, I want to make sure that every step along, every step along the way, we're, re, we're, we've got that, like, that we're on the same page because I don't want to go mm-hmm. down a rabbit hole that is meaningless to you. Exactly. And, and like that, because mm-hmm. again, that's like, you know, it's like, like we give yeah. them, like we, we give people what they, what they're paying for, right? Like they can, yeah. like, and, and I think, and I genuinely believe this and I, I'd be actually interested to hear what you think about this because I don't know that we've had this conversation. I think pretty much any good, any, like any massage therapist worth their, like worth their weight can at least get somebody out of an immediate pain experience, like, mm. like within like 10 or 15 minutes, like, mm-hmm. like there's like, there's no, there, there's like anything that we can do, like, or maybe not anything, but like most anything that someone comes to me with, like we can get them out of pain. We can get them at least temporarily out of pain with a, just with a few minutes worth of work. And then we get to go into the stuff that we're like, okay, cool. We got the, like, we shut off the fire alarms, but now we got to figure out why the Mm -hmm. fire alarm keeps going off. Yeah. Uh, Yep. And I think, and that's, that's the point because like, if you, like, you really need to like, sometimes in your brain, you need to zoom out as in, I know what I'm trying to do to this tissue, but what am I doing to this whole person? Like, what is really happening in their bodies? Like, Yes, locally, we can maybe say fluid movement and lymph and blood, and maybe we can say those things, but some of those, like, you know, research, research, we don't know necessarily, or we're not sure, like, we can't say 100%, but we can, what we can say is that I am still working on a nervous system, and that's why I think, like, the communication and the storytelling also comes in and zooming out and explaining to them why these things are happening because I'm still working with a nervous system who's trying to understand and putting out fire alarms is step number one, regardless of what you do. Like I'm a therapist that I like my clients not be in pain 
like 90% of the time when they're on the table. Mm-hmm. So I usually alternate. Like if I do something that I know it's tender and I tell them, it's like, okay, this might be a little bit uncomfortable. I'm going to work on it a little bit, but then we're going to make nice. Then like I might go in a little bit again and then we're going to make nice again because I don't want you to clench your teeth all the time. Like I don't want you to like literally like I don't want you to like have to bite down on an apple or a stick so you can survive my massage. Okay. <laughs> then I'm not doing my job good because my, your nervous system won't be down regulated once you leave my table. And honestly, that's one of the points I need you to be in that rest and relaxation parasympathetic mode for you to heal period if you're not in there you're not gonna heal so i can't do more stress i can't put more stress on your body than like you can't walk out of the session with more stress you can only walk out with less and i want you to be normal and peaceful and not not sweating and crying (laughs) yeah and and i think there's like there there there's that like there's that balance of like yeah sometimes some of these things are going to be uncomfortable and that's okay right and Mm -hmm. as well it's not okay it's only it's okay if it's okay with them and that's where that's where it comes down to is like you, you know like and and i think we've you know it's i find it rare uh, actually, one of the times, like one of the ways that I will sometimes screw up in a session is towards the end, if we're trying to, if we're like, okay, well, you've gone from like, you've gone from like, you walked in at a, like, you know, maybe you're like your quality of life and you walked in was like a four and now like you're feeling amazing and you're like, wow, I'm an eight. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, like last thing that we're going to do is this. And like, and like, you know, the last thing we'll do is maybe like a glute, something for the glute, for, for the glute meat so we can like kind of pattern in some more gait mechanics and, and rotation. And like, you know, and that one I'll be like, oh, you know, it's like, this is a bonus. So we could just kind of like rip through it super fast. And like, and then I'll go like, I'll, I'll like, I'll just be like, yeah, check it out. Like, and I'll get like over exuberant and I will do something <sighs> like, I'll do something that is like more aggressive. Like it will be about me and not about them. And it's like, oh, and then like, it doesn't throw the whole, the whole quality of the session away, but it's like, you know, it's like that, that's the, that's me hitting, that's me burning my hand on the stove is every once in a while, mm. be like, oh, he's like, I did that thing. I did that thing where I got excited for them and then made it yes. and, then, and then made this like, and then I did and then did this. And that's like, yeah. for me, that's the, that's the place where I like, that's the guardrail that I, that I need to be, that I need to be very cognizant of as I go into this, as I go into a session. But mm. like, you know, sometimes like some, sometimes the stuff, sometimes stuff sucks. And mm-hmm. like, and, and I want to build that rapport with my clients of saying like, Hey, this might hurt. This might not feel awesome. Like this might be crappy, but it'll be brief. And I'll usually like, mm-hmm. I'll usually catch it like that. And like, and, and just, and, and I'll always say like, whatever, whatever you feel is totally welcome. And if it's, and you're in control of the whole experience, if there's anything that's too much, too fast, too much, too soon, like any of that, mm-hmm. like tell me and we'll back off. And if you feel like I'm like wasting time on a spot, tell me. And like, yeah, I want to know that. But if you also feel like I moved off something too quickly, tell me. And I, it was great. Like last week I actually had somebody be like, no, no, no. Can you go back there? That was really interesting. Something was happening there. And I, uh-huh. I hadn't, I wasn't picking up on it. And I yeah. went back there and like, that was actually for him. It was this, it was this little smile, like right. Uh, like, 
right off the edge of his sternum, um, down on his on, down on his ribs, like down at like the attachment of his uh, rectus uh, of like rectus abdominis, and there was just like he just like had this like gnarly spot right at the edge of that, mm. and you know that we spent a little bit of time there, and like when it let go, like his whole breathing changed and mm-hmm. that changed, and he came in like. He came in being like, I got this trigger point in my rhomboids. And I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's see what's going on. And it turned out like, you know, we got rid of the immediate pain out of the trigger and the trigger point in the rhomboids like super quickly. But then it was this spot on this, on his, uh, on his, like on the edge of his rib that opened up his breathing. That's going to keep him from getting that, keep that trigger point from showing back up until, you know, until such point as he decides that his life is going to be stressful again. yeah and and that's and that's how it i think it should look like you know like you zoom in you treat what they come in with and then you zoom out and you look at it like why is that thing happened in the first place and then you treat that and i think like it takes a little bit of time and i think like sometimes like what happens to me is that i get too nerdy and like then i start like oh yeah your shoulder is doing this because look at your ribs and look at your hips and then they're like what like dude no I'm no like whatever and I'm like okay well I guess we'll talk about it the next session (laughs) and I think like there's a thing like we just need to figure out like we just need to gauge it to like every client like how fast and slow can we go and you know you can talk about the micro and the macro again like how fast can you get into their tissues like usually I go slow especially with somebody that I don't know I generally have this thing where the first session I tell them like, this is a mapping out of your body. Like every shoulder pain or back pain will be different. Like I have an idea and I have an idea of your patterns and I have, I know what your anatomy is unless you're opposite side or whatever. I have a good idea of like what's underlying your issues, but everybody is different. And I need like the first session is about me mapping out what is the things for you that work? Like, what are the tissues that I need to work on that works for you? Like, depending on your history, depending on your lifestyle, your, your, you know, your car, like what type of car, like you sit low, sit high, like, what do you do for a job? Like, how many kids do you have? Like, any other surgeries, like, you never know, like, everybody is different. Um, and I think that's the other thing, like for me, like Posture Restoration Institute, that was one that gave me that inside lens. And I think like it's really helpful from that perspective because it starts from black and white anatomy. It, it is what it is. And that's inside of everybody. Most. Yeah, I guess like 99%. Everybody looks like that on the inside. And since it's built on that and not coming from the outside, not coming from circumstances and environment, it has this base, it has this lens. So like, okay, regardless of what I do, the inside anatomy of a human body will be this and this and this. And then you can zoom out and kind of like look at the whole body and what happens based on that anatomy, like at that anatomical asymmetry, what happens on the inside and you can treat the inside but you can make sure that the, you can be sure that that inside is the same. So, um, yeah. And how does, um, so, so I think PRI is actually a great, a, a great one to, to talk about on this front. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because you know i have i've had the experience of like going to a personal trainer who is very pri based uh, uh for one session exactly one session no more because i was like <laughs> okay I, I like walked in there and like you like basically like we spent an hour like i spent an hour like with my feet on the wall blowing up a balloon and like uh -huh. I didn't, and I was like, and I went in because I wanted to work on my, because I felt like my spot was shitty and I didn't, and I, and at the end of the day, I didn't feel like my spot was better, but like, uh -huh. but one of the things that you I see, found, you didn't get what you came in for. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I did yeah. not get what I paid for, but exactly. I, I, what I've like, there's, and that colored that, that and some other things kind of really strongly colored my view of PRI. And then it's like, and then as I started talking with, um, talking with a lot of folks more recently through. Uh, people that I've met through Sean Light, like uh, Connor mm -hmm. Harris, like you, where it's like, where, where it's a bunch of people that are like, okay, well, PRI is like, PRI is just a, a lens that we use. And, you know, sometimes I'll use PRI as assessments. And sometimes I'll like, sometimes I'll, I'll, you know, sometimes I'll do this or that. But how does it fit in? Like, where would you use, where would you use kind of that PRI? Where would that PRI lens kind of come in for, uh, come in in your work? Um, I very rarely use the exact assessments, uh, since like I'm a massage therapist, like I'm not going to get them. Like I do, uh, exercises with them as a personal trainer, but that's not the majority of my, uh, session. So like what I really do is that I assess their tissues. So PRI, posture restoration, like the patterns that give that they, the concept uh, describes like the left AIC and the right BC and the right TMCC. You, we don't have to get into that right now, but the patterns, the body, the muscle chain um, that they are, the structural chain that they describe. Let's say that these are the muscles are that are um, most likely tight or shortened in this uh, pattern. I watch that in their movement or watch them uh, in their stance or once they're laying on the table. I kind of like um, watching people when they lay on the table because they are, um, the, you took gravity out of the equation. So they're laying down there. So whatever happens in their body, that's what's in there. They're not compensating. They're literally laying there. So they don't have to force, like they, wanna, they don't have to fight gravity. So whatever is in there, that's what that's how it looks like because once you stand them up you know you kind of like put gravity in the picture and then then they start compensating then they start trying to stand on both legs or left leg or whatever um but when they're laying down you can beautifully see what's really happening where are the bones and where are their rib cage like what size of the rib cage is bigger or fuller or where, where the pelvis goes where the foot, like where the tibia goes, where the femur goes, you can see those things beautifully when they're just laying down and chilling. Um, so I use that. And then if I feel like that they're fit the pattern, then I just basically uh, put more focus, like just put more attention into those uh, tissues that the pattern describes as the problematic ones. And then if I feel it, that it is the problematic one, then I just work more on it and then kind of like unbalance or like balance the tissues out on both sides. Yo, I always work both sides, so that's not a question. But, um, and then at the end of the session, I might look at some of the PR exercises or might practice some of the breathing techniques, depending on like how 
committed they are and what their goal is like that's depends on like how hardcore I go on that and um, sometimes I just feel like even just to teach people how to um, exhale fully and what's the difference between an inflate and a, and a inflated rib cage and a full exhale um, that's a huge that makes a huge difference in people's lives so it's just again like it's a slow like kind of like a patient education thing it's an ongoing project and you just like drip like little knowledge um drops in there every once in a while so mm. yeah PRI I just really use it as a lens I watch the patterns and I work on those tissues if I feel like that they are in that pattern yeah and what I think is really interesting about that is, is the way that you apply the the exercises and, and what you said about how, you know, the slow patient education and like, there's, there was the, there was a, there was the time not too many years ago when you would, when that was like, you know, everything became about corrective exercise. And then you mm. know, you'd go to a, you go to whether you went to a massage therapist, you went to a you went to a PT, you went to a chiropractor, you'd get or you uh, or you went to a personal trainer. Uh, you then you'd go home with like, okay, I want you to do like you know these four exercises, and I want you to do like four sets of eight of each of them, mm. as, as though like ever as though like as though as though like that was what needed to get done in order for you to like in, in order for everything to change and. Mm what I found is like, and, and I, I did that when I used to, um, like I would get on the, like when I was working for RPR, I would, you know, get on like, get on video calls with people who are like, you know, people are like, Hey, what's, what's this RPR thing. And I would get on a video chat with them and just be like, yeah, like walk them through it. And I would, I, I used to go through the whole series. So it's like the RPR wake up drills, I think it's, uh, was like 13, 13, 13, like, uh, 13 wake up drills. So like, mm -hmm. you know, diaphragm, psoas, glutes, hamstring, quad, like lateral sling on arch and like blah, 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 right? There's 13 of them. And mm -hmm. I used to do the whole thing. And I was like, and then I realized that like, you know, most people like, if we just get, if we don't tell them to do 15 different things, they're probably going to do a hell of a lot better. And so I yeah. started getting, them to, getting people to do like, all right, I want you to just take you know, three breaths, do the upside down Y on your chest, do the, uh, do the, so uh, do your psoas point, hit your glute, take a few more breaths. And then like, and, and, like, and actually to take a step back, I want you to set a baseline. So I want you to do a couple squats, toe touch, overhead reach, just to see where you're at. And mm -hmm. then like take your, take inventory. Then I want you to take breaths, do, do breathing, diaphragm, psoas, glutes. Um, and then I want you to come back to that baseline and I want you to see if you feel a change. And mm. like, it's like, okay, what's the least we can do mm. to elicit a change? And if we can start to pattern in those, like, if we can start to pattern in those, the, if we can start patterning in success on the least we can do, then that, start, that starts to open up the, like, take off the blinders and like, okay, so what else? I want the client to lead me into, okay, so what else can we do? And, oh, that's, yeah. how, and mm -hmm. that's like, and that's how that therapy, that's how you get the, that, that's how that person turns into somebody who's rebooking with you and uh, becomes a, like a, like a, not just a, not just a long-term client, but becomes like a, a long-term happy, excited client. That's like, you know, I go to this guy, Jeff, he does some weird stuff, but holy crap, I feel, <laughs> I, I feel but like, I feel amazing. It changed my life. Like, that's what yeah. I want, right? Like I, I want someone yeah. to be like, I don't know. I, I don't really understand what happened. Yeah. 
but he did some stuff and now I, and he did some stuff and now I feel awesome. And he taught me these other things and I still feel awesome three weeks later. Like, yeah, that's the, that for me, that's the, like, that's the, that's the, that, that's the win. That's the thing I get excited about. Yeah. So like the RPR, yeah. which, um, just like, let's talk about, so you do that in your session. So for example, like how's your session look like, or what, like, how do you use that in your, um, in your sessions? Like, let's talk about in person right now. <laughs> yeah. So when someone comes to my, comes into my office, uh, generally they come in with like, uh, they come in a lot of times it's knees and low back. Um, uh, mm -hmm. those are kind of the two, those are the two big ones. Um, I get some people, so, and based on the circles that I run in, that tends to be uh, MMA folks or like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu folks, mm. um, bike racers and um, bike racers, some runners and uh, mm -hmm. power lifters. Um, mm -hmm. So. Oh, pl plenty of problems in those. Okay, good. Right, right. It, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's great. great. <laughs> like it's a, it's a, it's an awesome, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's great. Cause like everyone's got like very, like very, everyone's a variation on a theme. Because, uh, yeah. like you said, right? Like the anatomy is the anatomy, and like it, things can only break in so many ways. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, so they'll come in. They'll they'll come in. Uh, a lot of times, it, it'll start off with like you know, you know, we we sit down and like understand. Um, they filled out they they filled out their intake form in advance. I have an idea of what's going on. I've talked to them mm -hmm. also. I have an idea of what they what their aspirations are. I do have them like I want to make sure that they say. At, like in the session this is what I'm like this is what I want to get out of the session like I want them mm -hmm, to have mm -hmm. like a target because if they have a target I can know <laughs> what I need to do to call it a to call it a success yeah. um, mm -hmm. so so we go we go and and I don't I, I want them to have a target that is independent of like I want that to be like kind of unvarnished I, I don't want them to be saying something that they think I, I don't want them to say something to make me happy um, like, as, and the way that I phrase it, that I've, I've tried a bunch of different ways is like, what's a win for you today? That's mm. like that, that mm -hmm. one I find, I find is like really soft. Like it doesn't like, doesn't have that, like, you know, when you start like, what's the, I find that like, what's the goal of your, what's the goal of our working together is like, you know, what, like, what's your goal in this session makes it very like, um, it makes it, it brings it in, it brings it along with the same kind of like win loss by like, like pass, like a uh, success failure binary that they've probably already been betrayed by in the past. And so mm -hmm. I find like, what's a win for you is, is like a little bit easier. Um, I, I like, I like using that. I like using that phrase. Um, so, but, but from there, um, if someone comes in with uh, a back issue, I almost always just go and see like, okay, how does they, how does their body organize itself for hip extension? And, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll, I'll lead with like, this is where this is like, you know, I lead with the foundation, like I, I lead with what, how I approach it of like, your body cares about breathing and hip flexing and extending, it's flexing and extending your hip and it kind of doesn't care about anything else as long as if, if those aren't doing it right, if those aren't like there and it's amazing mm -hmm. and it will do anything it can to make those happen. And, uh, and, and, and I try and phrase it that way. I tried, I've gotten, I've tried to get away from, you know, call, like talking about compensations or like, you know, or like compensation patterns. I had some more of like a, like your body, your body's really cool. And it's yeah. going to figure out a way to do this. And like, and, and 
our job today is to let it know that it can do it in that there's an easier way and like, mm -hmm. let it be like, let it trust that there's an easier way to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so if someone's got a low back thing, generally it's like, you know, like, uh, and this draw, this threw me down the, this is where I kind of started going down the, the PRI rabbit hole. And we'll, we'll link to the AIC. Like there's a couple AIC videos that I think are actually really helpful because mm -hmm, they, mm -hmm. they use like normal human English. Um, yes. <laughs> so, um, so we'll go through, we'll go through like a, a quick, like range of motion and strength test at hip extension, like a face down one. Um, and just see what they see what they do and if like you know if their butt's not if their brain doesn't think their butt is where their butt is if it thinks if it thinks their butt is their hamstring then like we just say like hey hamstring you don't need to be a butt and like and then we like and then and they like just doing some like little like some reflex work to say like hey hamstring like you take a step back thanks thanks but hold mm -hmm. on and then like and then we let the butt be a butt and like or and then like use a reflex to remind the butt to be a butt and then mm -hmm. and usually that that on its own will make us will make a massive difference in mm -hmm. how someone experiences pain in their back and that's like and so if we can get rid of something like that or or like and then on the other side if someone's got a if someone's got a knee issue i'll generally look and see like where does their brain like how is their brain organizing their their body for hip flexion like is there psoas how's their psoas showing up or is their like or is, or, or is their brain thinking that like quad and the ab need to pull together to make it to, to flex the hip and mm -hmm. if it's and if it's thinking of that like maybe it's got like maybe it's like neurologically supported by the tib the jaw the arm whatever um wherever that's coming from let's find out where that is let's tell that that does, let's tell the body that that doesn't need to happen and that it can and that the psoas can do the job using reflexes and go back to the psoas and then like and then like presto changeo, the knee doesn't hurt because it's not pulling it's not pulling in and like the quad isn't like the mm -hmm. quad isn't trying to do two jobs mm -hmm. and and like general and, and i found that that's going to be able to like that's going to give them the immediate change that buys me the time to go to the root cause Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's really what I, that's what I'm after. It's the same thing yeah. of like, when we can get rid of someone's pain right away, like when we can address that, we can, mm -hmm. we can address that right at the top, that buys us the time to mm. do the things that they're the, to like use the expertise that we've developed. And the trust. And there's yeah. the thing like the time and the trust. So the next time we could say it's like, okay, that shoulder or the knee or the back feels okay now. So let me do something that you might think is unrelated, but let me try this and then we see how that goes and all that stuff. So I think like definitely buying time and trust is, is very, very important um, in their cognitive mind and their, and their nervous system too, because then you're buy like you get a buy-in from their nervous system too. It's like, Oh, mm -hmm. this doesn't like, I actually have space and, uh, capacity to deal with something else now because I don't have this fire alarm in my head going off all the time. Yeah. So I think that's that's really important. Um, I want to go back a little bit on the when you say reflexes. Like, so has these like uh, this is from RPR, right? And then yeah. just like talk a little bit about that and how this actually looks like. Like how how does it? How can we imagine that? Sure. Yeah. So um, uh, it's 
I first learned about it through RPR and it's, it's actually Be Activated that I've based it out of and Be Activated mm-hmm. kind of grew out of applied kinesiology. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's where like, that's where a lot of the work is, a lot of the work is based. And so if you look at, um, so the, so that's where like, that's kind of the, the, the history of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then apply, and like AK applied kinesiology, like its roots are basically like, layering uh, layering a bunch of like it's essentially like westernizing chinese medicine that, that i think mm-hmm, is like the mm-hmm. simplest way to put it it's like mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. you know it's um it's like european shiatsu i guess or like canadian shiatsu <laughs> i think that's where where it came from but either way it's like it's it's more it's not that's not the like the most accurate but i think it's a safe enough way to put it um uh-huh. so what and the work that i'll do is um and when I'm actually doing the reef, like a, a reflex, so I think a good example is if someone's, if we're extending a, if you're extending a hip and the, and, you know, someone's face down, they bend their, they bend their knee, they extend their, um, they extend their foot up, they, they extend their, extend their hip, push their foot up towards the ceiling. Um, if you block that knee inside of 90 degrees, that takes the hamstring out of it. And then if you put mm-hmm. a little pressure behind the knee and you push down and they can't hold their, and they, they can't hold their leg up if it goes straight down, um, then basically their hamstring is, their hamstring is the primary driver of hip extension. Uh, that's, uh-huh. that's what I, that's, or at least that's the way that I see it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so the, and so when I say doing reflex work, um, the, like the, the kind of the be activated rule the be activated re, the the reflex that's used to be activated is like right behind the right behind the knee like where the calf attaches where the uh, the calf attaches just above the knee and where the uh, mm-hmm. where the hamstring attaches just below and it's kind of like it's it's like a little bit of like let's say that it's like it can be very light work it's really just like mm-hmm. honestly though it's just kind of like I just like rub there with my thumbs a little bit like it, it's uh-huh. like it's really like not more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll do like, and I'll do something for like two or three seconds, honestly, like just be like, mm-hmm. okay, like, let's see what happens if I try this and I just rub there, rub there. And then I have them extend the leg up. And generally if this is, if mm-hmm. we're in the right spot, the leg will go up, the leg will, they'll gain a bunch of range of motion and then they'll gain some strength with the, with the, um, with the, the muscle test. And mm-hmm. then, uh, and then the, uh, the, the reflex point for the glute is right along the, uh, right along the occipital ridge so like right along the back of the head i'll just rub mm-hmm. my if like if if they have an if they have a pretty significant improvement and it's really it's it, it'll be a really it'll be a really noticeable improvement that's like uh-huh. the cool thing um if there's a significant improvement i'll be like cool like the no like we just gave that person's body a no like you don't need to do that and now we're going to give it a yes so we always we always want to pair a no uh-huh. and a yes and so the okay. yes will be like going to the back of the head, doing a quick rub along the back of their along the back of their head, and then doing that test again. Generally, what okay. we see is like limited range of motion and and very little strength mm-hmm. um, at first. And then we do the we we take the, we give it a no. We take the hamstrings out, and we we'd say the hamstring like, thank you, but not right. Yeah. But not but thank you. Thank but you, no but more. no thanks. Yeah, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> like, take a why don't you take a little rest? And then like, and then all of a sudden it's that, then, then there's a change. Like there's a, there's uh-huh. a change, increased range of motion, increased strength. And then we go to the, we go to that glute reflex point. We say like, okay, cool. Now we're going to, now we're going to turn up the dimmer switch. 
of mm -hmm. like of the glutes and then we like and then we press it and then retest we generally get more range of motion more strength and once we make that once we make that improvement at that point i want that person to get up and walk around because mm -hmm. now they're going to start patterning in like okay now this is what it's like to walk with my glutes this mm -hmm. is what it's like to stand with my glutes this is what it's like to bend with bend without my hamstring saying like i got i got to be ready to extend this hip like i can't uh -huh. give you that range of motion like all those, uh -huh. all those things. And it's just like, we want to give them that, I want to give them that immediate feeling. And if uh -huh. like, and, and if that, if that hamstring is actually the linchpin that's pulling their, if that, if that hamstring is actually pulling them into a posterior, a posterior pelvic tilt on this, on the same side, that could also be the cause, the cause of the pain that they've got in their low back on the opposite side. Mm. So like, if we do that, and then all of a sudden they're like, holy crap, my, my back doesn't hurt anymore. It's like, all right, cool. We good then right yep. like and then the whole rest of the session is gravy because they've already had they've already got what they paid for and they've got their mind blown because they've probably gone to doctors they've probably gone to pt mm. they've probably gone to kairos and no one has like listened to them and listened to their experience of it and then helped them puzzle through what they're actually experiencing and that like you know and, and we're like we're not logical creatures we're not rational creatures we need stories and like helping somebody get a story, like helping somebody have a story for their experience is really friggin' helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think like um, you're like, what you're saying is like, yeah, like putting it together, having a story is very important. So um, definitely that's, we need to put that motto up there. And um, I really like this technique. So like basically, um, you could say that it's like a very fast working technique. Um, and then that, like for me, what you, what you said about being like the <laughs> European traditional Chinese medicine or Canadian, <laughs> yeah. I really like it because those are things that have been working for thousands of years. And yes, maybe we can't explain every single one of the points and all that stuff, but that's what a lot of, you know, traditional Chinese medicine education still works. Acupuncture education is still going there's a reason for that because it does work and that means to me that it, it might be like a good technique for any kind of like uh, like traditional chinese medicine practitioner too yeah because i guess like you could do that by hand and not necessarily needling people <laughs> yeah uh, and we I prefer mean, that <laughs> um so that's actually like one of the yeah. most one of the most awesome things that i ever did was I actually, um, earlier this year, I was in Hong Kong teaching an RPR course. And mm. I, and one of the people that came was this uh, guy called Ting. He's, uh, he was a Taiwanese dude who's, who's living in Hong Kong. Like he's an organizational psychologist and he came Whoa. and he's like, he was a, uh, he was, a, uh, he was a client of Precision Fitness, uh, the gym that my friend, my friend Ryan runs down in, uh, over in Hong Kong who brought us over. Mm -hmm. And Oh my God. Like it was, it, we, we stuck around together uh, Saturday night with one of the, with one of the coaches from precision fitness. And we just like, uh, we had, uh, Kate who is a physio from Australia. Uh, we had joy who's a, a was an apply, he's, who is a applied kinesiologist. Um, and we have Ting who was trained as a, uh, 
he had been trained as a uh, as a tradition in traditional Chinese medicine, but also is like an organizational psychologist. And then you have like, and then you have a couple of like, and then you have like Ryan and Ryan and Dan who are personal trainers, and uh, and Chloe who's uh, who was a um, she's a, a a mental health practitioner. So we have like the seven of us all standing around working on working with this dude, Dan. And like, and, and so Dan's a strong, Dan had a strong, uh, a strong arm drive on one side. Um, like his arm, like he needed to have his, uh, he needed to have his left arm really tight in order for his, uh, in order for his right hip to right hip to fire, which makes sense in the, in the sense of like gate mechanics. Mm -hmm. And like, and so I'm like, Oh, so like, if we find that we go to this spot, which is like, you know, we go through a couple of spots on the arm, but then we go to this other spot that's like, you know, a few fingers down from the end of the, uh, from the end of, their cl uh, end of the clavicle. And like, you know, like three, fi three finger widths down, um, like kind of into like the, like right on the edge of the pec minor. I'm like, oh, this is going to be, and like we had, and I was like, okay, based on the way that Dan does it, I think this is actually going to be the big spot for him. And like, I press in there and like Dan's like, Dan's like, and I'm like, Dan, it's probably not going to be super pleasant. I press on that and I'm holding that. And then we go back, we test his psoas. His psoas is super freaking strong because Dan's a great athlete. And Ting's like, Ting's sitting over there with his hands on his head because he's like, oh, that's the alarm point in the lung channel. Mm -hmm. and, it's like, and it's like, oh, okay, cool. So we're all saying the same thing. We all yeah. just have different languages. And like, you know, like Kate's, Kate's seeing it as like, you know, she's seeing it muscularly and being like, okay, so pec minor, like that's got, like pec minor is going to be in control of the shoulder and the shoulder's going to, if the shoulder's going to pull, if the shoulder's pulling forward, then the center of gravity is going to be wrapped over towards the midline and that's going to mm -hmm. the mute the possibilities of that right hip. Uh, and then you've got like, and then you've got Joy and uh, Joy and I who are kind of seeing it through a similar lens. And then like, and then, and then of course it's like, it's like, okay, like, you know, Things like okay, long channel, long channels associated with these emotions, <laughs> and like all of a sudden we're like, mm -hmm. we're like, we're going into deep, the deep all waters. This, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we're all like, we're a group of like seven people, each of whom individually would be in way over our heads, but together we're all like, we've yeah. built this like, we've essentially built this like care network for Dan and like helping him deal with like, like, and it like you know it's like, and he comes into like, and it's like you know if we had really stuck around a while there we probably would have found some like deep stuff go that go, that mm -hmm. went on with there but like but but that's where i think like collaboration but also like you know like what does a session look like it could be like it can literally go anywhere i don't have an agenda. it could be anything you know? yeah. like the agenda is the agenda i i don't have an agenda in a session aside from to like find out what a win is and then help you get that win yeah 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 that's awesome yeah i totally and that's <laughs> i love these stories when it's like you realize like oh yeah we're all speaking like we're all saying the same thing just in different languages different lenses like different layers but we're talking about the same human being who has million multiple other different layers and we're just seeing one of us like each we're just seeing one through a lens that we have so that's for me, like, that's the other interesting part is like, you know, when you like, you learn something and then like that uh, case study like shows up the next week and just literally like you learn something about the shoulder and then the next week is only shoulder patients only. Yeah. To, yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, so it's your lens. Like something is, you know, like you can see the world only in a way that you can see it. 
I can't see it through your eyes. I can't, like Dan can't see it through your eyes. So you have to translate your vision and kind of like um, implement it into this client or into this patient. But like, and that's where the communication comes in again. Is this their experience or is it yours? And that's like, that's why I love these like conversations because you stand there and then all of the things that you, you saw and all seven of you saw and and uh, just noticed or intuitively felt is all possibly true and they're not really negating each other it's like just adding to the puzzle and adding to the picture it's it's amazing like it's it's great to work with human beings it's mind-blowing <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool yeah that 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 was honestly like that that really was like one of the best experiences so that i've yeah. ever had professionally it was wow yeah and and you know for dan it was like you know for like for dan it was that was like a it was a great session for him too which is the extra mm. you know that's the most important part is that like at the end of the day he felt really deeply cared for because he was awesome. really yeah. deeply cared for by a bunch of people who he had mm. he had multi-dimensional relationships with mm-hmm. and that was a really like that was a really beautiful thing and that's something that's awesome. that I, i'm like you know it's just like the, those are as a as a massage therapist those are the moments that i live for yeah that's amazing yeah that's a thing i think like listening to someone and and having them tell you their story regardless of what it is and really just listen to them that's like half of the win right there for me like i always think about that it's like i'm here to listen like let it be like with my hands and like listen to like what you're telling me like what about your physical body but also like whatever you want to say whatever you want to express like whatever happened to you I'm here to listen too. like it's half of it is like therapy and we don't even know what that we're doing it but we're doing it so yeah and and so like kind of continuing on that Hong Kong thing like there's a huge stigma in Hong Kong uh, among Hong Kong people uh, about going to going to a therapist but there's Mm. not a stigma around Mm. getting body work and there's not a stigma around working out in a gym and so hmm. that's like, and, and, and I think you see that, you see that in this, you see that in the States too, especially among men where it's like, you know, like, you know, I, I hear it all the time in the gym where it's just like, like, yep, I do this because, you know, like I lift weights because if I, I do jujitsu, because if I'm not doing jujitsu, I'd be, I'd be paying a shrink. And it's like, honestly, you probably should be paying a shrink. If you, if, if you need to, if you need to, if you need to literally fight with people every single day in order to like feel okay with things, like, like maybe, yeah. you got, maybe you got other problems, but like, that's not yeah. really, my, that's not my job to tell you that. But at the same time, but like, but, but at the same time, it's like there, there's, like as, as, as massage therapists, like it, this goes back to the, the, you know, the second episode of the show when you were talking about when we when you were being interviewed, if like people don't have like caring non-sexual touch in their life mm-hmm. and people don't have, and like, and a lot of times people don't really know what to do with it and mm-hmm. like giving them a space where it's okay for them to not know what to do with it. And to just like, like learn to sit with that is like, that's a, I mean, I feel like this actually, this is like, this is the thing that gets, that, that I think every massage therapist would get, gets fired up about is like, you know, 
the ability to let people, the ability to give people that, that space is just mm-hmm. such a, such an amazing, mm-hmm. amazing, amazing thing. It's like, yeah. it's just incredible. And that's, it's so interesting. Like lately I've been like somehow starting to think about micro and macro and you know how there's like, um, there's an idea or this concept that the whole world is a hologram that like every little piece is an exact um, mimicking of a big, big piece. And like, so like all of these like building blocks are same and building up the same system on a bigger scale, like, you know, the, the, the earth and the universe and all that stuff, like you can build infinite amount of things of the same things a thing, yeah. same building block so like hologram i don't even know how to explain it's like a anyway, fractal right infinitely fractal, inward and infinitely yes. outward expanding exactly so it's it's i started thinking about that because like i always think about um when i do my work like if you think about the physical layers like what are we really doing we're creating space i'm creating space in your tissues for fluid or healing to happen um or like trying to invite space then i'm doing the same thing in your in your psyche or your cognitive picture of yourself like of your shoulder i'm trying to create this space so you you can have a a newer image of that a healthier image of that body part of yours so like i'm working with your brain creating this space creating this new picture about your shoulder that you're gonna do i'm just i'm just giving you the space I'm also giving you the space emotionally to be in that body part, really feel it out, really inhabit that body part. Like the things that we kind of like get disconnected from, like really inhabit your own body. I'm giving you space when you breathe, like I'm giving you, or like I'm helping to get, gain your freedom back, gain your space back, the space that you take up in this world, like in your job, in your family, like all of those things like build onto each other. And I think like it's a whole fractal, like little things build into bigger things. And the more you can inhabit your body, the more you have a better picture of your body, the more I can show you where your body is, the more you can kind of unfold that in your whole life. And where does it want it to go? So yes, so, and then the other thing that, why I went to, uh, went into somatic experiencing it's because I know that yes like therapy is kind of frowned upon or like not a lot of people not enough people use it as it is right now and we are also pretty much disconnected from our own bodies in a lot of sense in a lot of ways and uh, somatic experiencing what it does is basically doing this therapy but coming coming in from the side of the body so exactly that feeling your body being curious about it um really feeling it out really inhabit really residing in your own body and then see how that feels like in like somatic experiencing therapies or like some of the sessions like uh what i had in the uh classes is that i was you know one of the body workers so like i asked them like for example these are the techniques like so if somebody has like hip pain it's like well let's feel into that like if if your hip can talk to you what would it tell you what would it like how does your hip feel itself like is your hip sad that you're putting 
you know, like I'm not saying this, but these are the things that can come out. Like maybe your hip is feeling pressure that you're putting too much on it. Like it feels anxious or it feels nervous that it can't hold you up. And that's why it's tight. So basically going back to the body and having this communication with your own self, with your own parts and your own bodies, and then really integrating them into your, your image of yourself and um, going that that's the things that kind of like unfold or like kind of like flow into other therapy things therapeutic thing therapeutic conversations and um, different stories because like everything that happens to us in our lives like there is an imprint it's it is the body like it, it happens to us like but our body is us and it happens in the body too. We can't separate it that if I got uh, traumatized, it's not just my psyche. It's not just my emotions. It's my, it's my whole self. But we're kind of like separating these things. And you go to massage therapist because your body hurts. You go to your therapist because your mind hurts. You go to um, somewhere else because your emotions hurt. But all of these things are the same thing. It's you. And like all of those layers should be communicating with with each other. And that's why I went to, that's why I looked into this somatic experiencing because that's what I felt like I can't talk through my, if I would have a therapist, like I could talk like reasonable, reasonably, I can talk through anything. I have no issues about that. Feeling it. Yes. Like, oh, where is it in my body? I don't know. I don't feel nothing. <laughs> So I think like that's one of the things that people need to learn. And that's why I really feel passionate about that because I'm the same. I could like rationalize anything, but to bring it back to your body and then see how that limits your freedom or your own space, like your own beliefs, what we talked about before, like how it's like self-limiting. And then you really feel it and you're like, oh, I can let go of it on a body level and that will unfold onto the first, like upper levels too. So rabbit hole down there. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. And it's, this is a, this is a great rabbit hole. And I think we'll probably end up digging into that one. And I think we'll dig really far into that one in a future episode. But like, but one of the things that I've noticed is the people that come in that just say like, I just want you to, I just want super deep tissue. Those are the same folks that those are the folks that just, they need to feel pain in order to they feel. They need anything. to feel, yeah. They need to and, feel, yeah. And that's like, and those, you know, they're not. They tend, they tend not to be my. They tend not to be my clients. Mm. <laughs> kind of what yeah. it comes down to, because I'll say like, I because I, I'll be upfront. Like, I don't want to work hard. Yeah. Like, I just <laughs> I'm like, don't. I'm lazy. I want to. I want to do. I want to see how much I can get for how little. I, for how little input, right? Like it, that's that. Yeah. That's and that's that's the way that I work and. Frankly, that's what I want. Like, I want my clients to want that too. Like, I want to know, yeah. like, I want them to be curious about like, okay, like, you know, like there's like, you're in Houston. I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Boston. Like, you know, like we could walk to each, like I could walk to where you are, but like, I would much rather fly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like it's, right. the yeah. it's the same, it's the same thing, right? Like, it's like, yeah, like, you know, just cause there's a hard path doesn't mean that that's the, doesn't mean that it's the, it's that's like the good. most, the yeah. most, the, the best way to, the best way to go. Like yeah. let's use the, let's, <laughs> let's figure out the easiest way to get the, the easiest way to get from point A to point B. And like, let's see what that, like, let's see what that gets us. Mm. Yep. 
Okay, so. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> How are we doing rabbit hole wise? Do we have any more rabbit holes? I think I, I, I think down. that's I think that's as many rabbit holes as we can uh, as we should go down on this one. Yeah. Uh, we've definitely uh, we've found a new uh, a new a new max length, so that's really exciting. Yeah. Uh, if you've listened um, through to this point, I appreciate you. We both we appreciate you. We'll we have, really uh, appreciate it. But <laughs> I have to say, the fun stuff comes out at the end, so it's this is great. It yes. always does, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we got some links to. Um, we'll, we'll link to some some interesting and like human human understandable PRI stuff in the show notes. Uh, yes. We'll also include uh, somatic experiencing, so you kind of wrap your mind around that. Uh, I've got a couple and RPR of and yep. Yeah, and, and everything uh, that we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have some links to those in the show notes. Definitely check those out. And uh, yeah, thank you for thank you for bearing with us through this. And uh, yeah. we will uh, be back next time. And one more important thing. Let's just repeat where you can find us. So Jeff, what is your website and how can people find you the easiest and, you know, like get you questions like how oh, you yeah. actually work and all that stuff. So easiest way to find me is uh, like, honestly, the easiest way to get to me is, uh, is through uh, Instagram. It's just at mm -hmm. just breathe manual therapy. Um, find me there. Uh, my website's just breathe manual therapy.com. Uh, we're going to be doing some updates to that in the not too distant future, but uh, Instagram's the easiest. And Lori, what about you? See, almost the same. So I have uh, restore revive therapy on Instagram. Um, I also do have a website. So if you go, Restore Revive 360, which means it's a 360 approach, like we're looking at the whole person. Yeah. Restore Revive 360.com. That's, um, that's my main website. And I also have another startup uh, um, part, which is onlinelmt.com, where I mainly work with other professionals and help them uh, through like recovery um methods for the athletes or the clients or the teams so restorevive360.com or onlinelmt.com awesome and we will catch we you also link those yes yeah we will <laughs> link those and uh, we'll catch you the next time on hands at the table yes thanks for listening to this episode if you found it useful please share it with a friend and leave a five-star review Remember to subscribe so you never miss an upcoming episode, and we'll be back to you soon.